0: Turn with us to chapter 14 in the book of 1 Corinthians and let's look at verse 5 for our reading. We're going to spend some time through the whole chapter, but we're going to read one verse uh, today and for some, it may be a little controversial, that's okay, We're going to stick to the text. I don't have all the answers about today's message, but we're going to stick to the text. Um, There are those who may disagree with me. That's okay. We're going to stick to the text. There are those who may want me out of Baptist churches. That's okay. (laughs) I'm going to stick to the text. (laughs) So we're going to look today at Can spiritual gifts cause division? Part three, we're going to get away from spiritual gifts after today's message. This is the third message on this uh, idea of spiritual gifts. And the question is, can they cause division? Can spiritual gifts cause division? It doesn't even sound right, does it? That spiritual gifts can cause division. It doesn't sound right to me when you say it, but... We're going to take a look at this as we end, as we finish up with chapters twelve, thirteen, and fourteen today. How many here remember the rotary phone? Yeah, I figured it was all of us older ones. Yeah, yeah, you young people don't know. You have no idea of what a rotary phone is. Uh, You don't know nothing about it operating, do you? (laughs) I suppose, yeah, just us older folks, we we would really understand this. As a matter of fact, I guess you younger folks would probably lose your mind (laughs) trying to operate this rotary phone. Now, you're asking, why would I say that as intelligent as you are? And I know that you all are. But because you didn't grow up with a rotary phone, I'm sure your patience would wear thin. Because the time you would dial a five on your phones today, you could be dialed the number and talking with the person you had called. Because you weren't accustomed to it If you dialed five numbers correct and you messed up on that sixth out of seven numbers, you couldn't hit backspace and go back to that one number. You'd have to start all back over. That would probably drive some of you young people mad. (laughs) Because you didn't grow up with it, you might struggle not being able to walk all over the house or even outside of the house while using a rotary phone. Now, if you were lucky, you had a maybe a 10, 12 foot cord that was curled and it would stretch another two or three feet and you could get out of mama or daddy's presence, maybe into another room or a hallway, but that's about as far as you could go. Does that sound right to anybody? Now, I understand because you are not accustomed to it, you could get frustrated or even confused as to why someone would have a rotary phone. Well, what you need to know is this, just because you're not accustomed to it doesn't mean it's not useful. Just because you didn't grow up with it doesn't mean it's not beneficial. The rotary phones work great, and I suppose they would work great today even for those who are not accustomed to it. Now, if we look in the book of 1 Corinthians, as we will in just uh, as we move forward, we find that God gave certain gifts and because some may not have been accustomed to how the gifts were to function, it appears that they struggled with it. Because they may not have been accustomed to how to use the gifts properly, their division arose throughout the church because they were not accustomed to the gift it was easy for their perception and their preference and their pride to to really divide the church but just because they were not accustomed to it it didn't negate that it was a gift from God just because they were not accustomed to it didn't mean that they were to abandon the gift Instead, we find the Apostle Paul would rather the Corinthian believers would understand the gift that God had given them and use the gift to glorify God, to magnify Christ, and to edify the body. Oh, you've gotten awfully quiet. You're wondering, where is he going today? Stick with me. Stick with me. Here in 1 Corinthians, as we look, In chapter 14, verse 5, the Bible says, I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks in tongues, unless indeed he interprets, that the church may receive edification. This is God's word. Do I need to read that again? I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied for he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. This is God's word. God, we thank you for your word and God, we need you today. God, I need you as we move forward to To look at this message, I pray, God, that as you have been with me in the study, as you have been with me in the preparation, God, I pray right now you hide me behind the cross and you preach this message to your people. And God, I pray that it edifies the body. I pray, God, that it magnifies Christ. And I pray, God, that it glorifies you. And if there's one today who don't know you through your son, Jesus Christ, let this be a day that they call out, what must I do to be saved? And God will trust you because your word says you're faithful and you're just to forgive them of their sins and cleanse them from all unrighteousness. So, God, we're going to look to you right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we look at this text, we can look there in verse 1 and we'll find that Paul states that we should pursue love. Uh, And that we should desire spiritual gifts. But he does say that we should especially desire the gift of prophecy. To get the get of prophecy has nothing to do with delivering a new revelation. There are no new revelations. The Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. So when you get into a conversation with someone who's trying to give you a brand new revelation, let them talk, leave them right there, and go about your business. Amen. Don't argue with them because you won't win the fight. Just trust that this is God's revelation to us. Outside of the scripture, there is no new revelation. However, what Paul is talking about here... Is not a foretelling. Instead, it's got everything to do with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It has everything to do with the gift to speak the gospel under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to build up, to strengthen, to encourage, and to comfort those who are listening. God desires for everyone to seek that gift that we would be able to encourage strengthen comfort and build each other up with the gospel of Jesus Christ this edifies the listeners well in verses 1 through 25 what we find Paul compares the gift of prophecy with the gift of speaking in tongues and it appears that the Apostle does this because the gift of speaking in tongues was a source of division in the Corinthian church So what we see is that the reality is spiritual gifts can cause division. We need to understand that the gift of speaking in tongues is a real gift. It's a real gift. Paul says in verse 5, I wish you all spoke. With tongues. In verse 18, he says, I thank my God that I speak with tongues more than you all. Not only that, but Paul says in verse 2 he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, the Spirit speaks mysteries. Now, this tells me it's, this is different than what took place in Acts 2. In Acts 2, Peter spoke. Peter preached in his language, and everybody heard him in their own language. Here, Paul's talking about the spirit. This is a spiritual language. This is not just some babble. This is a spiritual language. And I think we need to get that out of our vocabulary When we think about Babel, I think about the Tower of Babel, where God confounded languages. But here, Paul is speaking about a spiritual language, a real language. So now the question becomes, if it is a real gift, how can it be a source of division? Hmm. Well, it appears that in the Corinthian church, they... May not have been accustomed to this gift. And it seems that they were speaking out in disorderly fashions. How everyone in the Corinthian church did not have the gift of speaking in tongues. As a matter of fact, um, everyone did not have the gift of interpretation of tongues and it's possible that the ones who were speaking in tongues may not have had the gift of interpretation of tongues it's possible because they weren't accustomed to this those who did have the gift of interpretation though it's possible that that they They didn't know how to use the gift properly. They didn't use the gift of interpretation to edify the church, but they were edifying themselves by keeping the interpretation to themselves. And because some were speaking out in tongues and others were keeping the interpretation of tongues to themselves and they were only edifying themselves, they were able to lord this gift over the other believers. And this led to confusion. It's led to bitterness within the church body. Now in verse 20, Paul charges the believers when he says, Brethren, do not be children in understanding, however in malice be babes, but in understanding be mature. What is Paul saying to them? He's saying this. He's telling them to quit acting like children. But if they are going to act like children, then when they get angry with one another, be like children and get over it. Isn't that what children do? They get over it. So Paul says if you're gonna act like children, act like children in malice. When you're angry, get over it. But act like mature adults when, when it comes to understanding the scripture. In other words, <laughs> in other words, grow. Grow up a little bit. Grow up in your walk with the Lord. Because as you grow in your walk with the Lord, you begin to be more like him. In other words, you begin to give more of yourself to him. And because you're giving more of yourself to him, then you can receive more of him or more of what he has in store for you. You know, we hinder God from giving us all that God wants to give us. If we're not receptive of what God has for us, God's not gonna give it to us. But when we are receptive of what God has in store for us, then there's no telling how he's gonna bless us well what's sad is that we have the scriptures and the reality is the gift of speaking in tongues is still causing division today there are divisions among denominations there are divisions within the denominations over this gift why Why is there such division over this particular gift well let's look at a few things one is there are certain circles circles that who are not accustomed to this gift who can be offensive to those who are accustomed to the gift. What I mean by that is there are certain circles that the speaking of gifts in their opinion and in their understanding, they say the gift is no longer operational. We believe that now, they believe that now we have the scriptures and I thank God we have the scriptures. So they say that there's no need for the speaking in tongues. In other words, the gift has no purpose and it has no value any longer. Well, if God is the same God yesterday, today, forever then God has God is and God always will be a spiritual God and if he is a spiritual God he can give whatever spiritual gifts he chooses to give to others whether we are accustomed to it or not this gift can be divisive also out of arrogance not only can those who aren't accustomed to it be offensive but those who are accustomed to it can be very arrogant because some may not understand the gift properly in some circles who wholeheartedly wholeheartedly believe those who do not speak in tongues are not fully saved and if they pass away they won't be ready or prepared to go to heaven. Well, I got some news for them. The day that I got saved, the Holy Spirit was quickened within me and heaven became my home. There's no record of the thief on the cross speaking in tongues. There's no record that Jesus himself spoke in tongues. And I just believe this, that because I confess my sins, I'm foolish enough to believe the gospel of Jesus Christ that says that I can trust God to be faithful and just to me. Me of my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness the arrogance to look at someone and say you can't make it to heaven because you don't do this as long as i believed by grace and i am and through faith believed and received jesus christ as my savior it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks But you know, the gift of speaking in tongues is also divisive due to abuse. Uh, because some may not understand the function of the gift. But they are hungry to use the gift. <laughs> some, in some Christian circles, the speaking of tongues has become a free-for-all. It interrupts the preaching of the gospel. In other words, it takes the attention off the preached word of God that's going out to the people that edifies the people off of it takes the attention off of that and places the attention on one individual who feels they have the right to interrupt everything. All that does is confuses people so the way it was being carried out and the way it's carried out in some circles it's just a free for all hmm. it's the gift is usually no more than a performance done without the needed addition of interpretation and sadly when we're in services and that takes place, we don't discern the Holy Spirit in it. If the Holy Spirit's alive in you, you should discern the Holy Spirit of whether it's true or false. And when we don't discern the Holy Spirit's in whatever activity is taking place, it can cause division. It can cause hard feelings toward someone who Who genuinely has a gift so we can understand just in that why it is a reality that the spiritual gift of speaking in tongues can cause division however we can also see that there's a remedy to this spiritual gift causing division again if we look in verse one what we find is Paul encourages believers to pursue love the word pursue here in the text, it carries the thought of continuing after until it is possessed. So Paul is saying that we should seek to love one another as much, so much that if we know that they're in need, we know that, they, that there's a need that we can meet, we should pursue to meet that need until the need is met. But the apostle not only tells us to pursue love, he tells us that we are to desire spiritual gifts. The word desire in the text, it carries the thought of being zealous or ambitious for. In other words, we are to love God and love each other so much that we are zealous for God's gifts so that we can help each other. So what we can understand from this first verse is that love should be the motivation behind desiring and using spiritual gifts and as it relates to the gift of speaking in tongues the apostle Paul says in verse 5 while he wishes we all spoke in tongues he wished even more that we would prophesy again he's saying here he wished that we would speak the gospel of Jesus Christ under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to build up, to strengthen, to encourage and to comfort all of those who are listening but If we're going to speak in tongues, we must follow a method. Now, the motivation has to be love. But we see in the text the method that scripture gives us. God is a God of order. He is not a God of chaos. God says in verse 40, let all things be done decent and in order. God is not the God of confusion. In verse 33, he says that. That God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. And in all the churches of the saints. So the best way... To do things decent and in order without causing confusion is to obey the scriptures. Now in chapter 14, Paul's speaking on the issue of speaking in tongues in a corporate worship setting. This is the setting where all the division was taking place. So to end the division over the gift of speaking in tongues, Paul shares there must be these proper methods in place for exercising the gift. Verse 15, Paul says he will pray with the Spirit and without the Spirit. He also says, when he says that, that he will pray with the Spirit and without the Spirit, he is actually saying here that that if he's leading prayer in a corporate setting, he's not going to pray in tongues. Somebody listen, come on, come on with me now. If he's gonna pray in a corporate prayer setting, he's not praying in tongues. It will not edify anyone if he prayed in tongues because no one would understand him. He goes as far as saying how can, in verse 16, how can anyone uninformed even say amen to someone praying in tongues? In other words, if you don't know what they're saying, how can you agree with what they're saying? However, if that person is bowed down, praying and not leading prayer, if that person, if it's just him and God, or that person may be around the altar, or that person may be just laying hands on somebody, then he can pray in tongues all he wants. Because it's between him and God. Paul goes as far as to say that he would rather speak five words of understanding than 10,000 words of tongues. But if anyone's going to speak in tongues, in verses 27 and 28, Paul says, let there be two, no more than three. (laughs) You talk about a God of order. If they're going to speak in tongues, they don't need to be a free-for-all. There shouldn't be but two, no more than three, and one should be interpreting. But if there, he says there, if there is no interpreter let him keep silent in the church and let him speak to himself and God. I remember being at a singing at Lumberton High School. This had to be somewhere around 2000 because it was before, if I'm not mistaken, it was before I announced my call to preach. And there was this dear old saint in the middle of this auditorium. This dear lady, she so humbly stood up in the midst of Quentin Mills singing. And all of a sudden, she spoke a language I had never heard. She spoke a language I had no idea what she was saying. And then, as soon as she sat down over across from us, a young man stood up and he quoted a verse of scripture. I don't remember what the scripture said. As a matter of fact, I don't know. Within myself, if what she said is what he said. But I'll tell you what I witnessed. I witnessed the Spirit of God bearing witness with that event. I witnessed a spirit of worship break out. We were midway through the singing service but that spirit of worship broke out and it went until we were in the parking lot even on our way home. I want to tell you God moved that day. I weren't accustomed to that. I didn't understand it but what I know is God moved in a way that made me convinced that whatever took place was real and it was ordered by God Amen. you're talking about a jam-packed auditorium when she spoke you could heard a pin drop when it was interpreted everybody was worshiping God <sighs> no I didn't understand I wasn't accustomed to it but I witnessed something that has changed my life in a way to where my view May not be the same as some others, even in the circles I go, I'm I'm in. It may not, but that's okay. That was my experience. (laughs) Though I may not have been accustomed to the gifts and interpretation in that manner, I was there. And I'm fine. I'm fine with the speaking in tongues. If the motive, which is love, and the methods of Scripture... Are in their proper place. Folks if we are around the altar praying. And if you're. Or if you're at your seat praying. And if it's during worship that while you're singing, you begin to speak in tongues or you feel pressed to speak in tongues with God, by all means, have let the Holy Spirit have his way with you. I, I want to tell you, while we're just worshiping God, while we're, pray, while we're praying personally to God, it's okay to speak to God in a language that I don't understand. And it's okay to speak in a language that the person next to you may not understand. It's your conversation with God and God knows what he is doing. but if you're leading prayer according to scripture it is best that you pray where everybody can understand it or if I or anyone else is preaching in this pulpit there's no reason to interrupt the preaching of the gospel just to speak out in tongues for if you do it's out of order Listen, if there is someone who is pressed by the Holy Spirit of God, who is bigger than I am, smarter than I am, more powerful than I could ever imagine, if they're going to speak out, there must be an interpreter. Often, the interpretation is not clear. What I mean is often people will speak out in tongues and then start talking behind it. And we don't know if they're interpreting or if they are just continuing their their testimony. The interpretation must be clear. There There has to be evidence that this is an interpretation or it doesn't edify the church. It doesn't magnify Christ and it doesn't glorify God. It only edifies the person speaking and that's just the truth of the text folks God desires and I'm coming to an abrupt close I told you I don't understand everything so I'm going to stick with the text if we stick with the text we'll be okay so as they make their way to lead us in a invitation song. Folks, God's desire is to bless our church and currently he is blessing us. Would you say that? But we must be willing to receive and exercise our gifts. God just may give us gifts that we're not accustomed to it may or may not be the gift of tongues or interpretation of tongues. I don't know what gift he has for you, but I do know this. He will reveal to you what that gift is. And when he does, whether you are or you're not accustomed to it, I encourage you to be humble and hungry to use the gift he's giving you. I encourage you to remember the motivation for using the gift is Love. And the proper methods are found in scripture. No matter what gift it is, we can find the proper method in scripture. And if we will follow them, God will use you. He will use us to bless this church. So you may be asking, how how do I go about desiring spiritual gifts? Well, I want to assure you of this, contrary to what some will say and teach, contrary to what you may hear, you're not finding them in books. Don't read up on books of how to speak in tongues. It's a gift from God. God gifts this. You don't learn to do it. It's gifted to you. How do we desire We pursue love. If we seek to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, if we seek to love our neighbor as we love ourselves, we're gonna give more of ourselves to God and we're gonna receive more of God (laughs) and more of his blessings will be bestowed upon us. Now I'm not saying (laughs) don't you misunderstand me when the Holy Spirit became alive in me when he became alive in you you got all the Holy Spirit you're going to get but he didn't get all of you and he ain't got all of me that he can get that's what I'm saying don't you want to experience all that God has for us don't you want this community to see that this church is receiving all that God has for them don't you want to be a light in this community to where because we're using the gifts God has given us, God is blessing us and others are seeing it and they're, they're seeing something's taking place. You know what people will do? They'll run to a fire. They'll run to a wreck. They'll run to see what's taking place. And if the Holy Spirit gets a hold of us and he's using us for God's glory to magnify Christ and to edify everybody, I believe with all my heart that people will come to see what God is doing in the house of God through the people of God unsaved as every head's bowed every eyes closed i want you to hear me today as we've talked about these spiritual gifts from chapter 12 13 and 14 i want you to know the greatest gift god has ever given to the world was his only begotten son jesus christ and he gave him so that you would believe in him. He performed miracles so you would believe in him. He raised those who had died from the grave so you would believe in him. He raised himself from the grave, to fulfilling all of the scriptures so you would believe in him. Listen to me, God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son so that if you would believe in him, you would not perish, but you would have everlasting life. So my question is, do you believe Jesus is the son of God? Do you believe he died for your sins? Do you believe he arose on the third day from the grave? Do you believe he will forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all your sins if you confess them to him? Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead you will be saved folks you've got to be saved to receive spiritual gifts from God the greatest gift comes when you believe and confess and that's Jesus so my question Are you ready as they begin to sing this song? Are you ready now to confess your sins to him and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Are you ready?